0: Open the pod bay doors, please. All right, all right, all right. You're going to need a bigger
1: potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? to the coast. we get together. Have a few A Movie Odyssey with Brad hotel and Gus Trapp. I found uh, a bunch of really nice condition like uh, Sin City comics. Frank Miller. Really? Where at? Uh at Buttons and Bows, but not like have you been down there in Camera Springs? It's a really cool I, thrift store. I think like I've it, been in there once. Yeah. They have a furniture store, and the furniture store had the comics. It just really? like, Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, How much are these? And he's like, a dollar And I was like, Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: He didn't yeah. know what he had there. Yeah, they're really they're not like the they're paperback they're, and they're like you know it's not like the collection it's like one of four and you know i didn't i, I it's still oh, it was just yeah. cool I, it's not like I don't, I don't even care about the fucking story i just care about the art so
0: so they have comics there
1: yeah but the, i mean it's just random he just has one comic stand oh. Just and whatever. i, gets I like on. yeah i just sort of like looked through it real quick and found a bunch of sin city stuff and i said all right
0: <laughs> nice I'm now I have to go down there.
1: Yeah, it's a cool place. Well, let's get into it. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. All right, gang. Hey, gang.
0: Brad Patello here. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend Gus Trouth. Um We got a piece of what I think is fan mail. What What do you think? Is this?
1: Am I like I know a few nicks, but like that like the email doesn't like the name in the email doesn't necessarily. I don't know who this person is.
0: Yeah, we got an email from somebody called uh, Nick Paticcio, I think is how you say it. I don't know. Uh, recommending a movie called The Beast of War from 1988, which neither of us are, have ever heard of. Right? Yeah. Shout
1: outs heard- to basically we're saying shout outs to Nick. Thanks for getting a hold of us. We will and should get an actual official e- email.
0: Well, that was going to bring me to my next point: is that we're yeah. gonna we're gonna make a an email so people can email kind of the podcast um yeah
1: you can email us with your uh what you want us us to talk about or
0: definitely reach out recommend movies for sure
1: you can Um, email and tell us how stupid we are
0: don't do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thanks for reaching out nick and uh i'm definitely going to check this movie out um
1: send you some t-shirts when we get them
0: (laughs) we could have some t-shirts that'd be awesome yeah i'd get a t-shirt wear my face on a (laughs) t-shirt would that be weird
1: there there should be a gus and a brad t-shirt like individual ones with our just our face
0: what about just like white with black team gus or team brad
1: i like that like uh i like that until you yours start selling better than mine (laughs) and then i and then i and then i hate that idea we have a friendly
0: competition (laughs) the other thing to note is that we. Well, we're currently about two weeks behind on the edit, so. um, Which, I don't know, we might turn around quicker once we start watching newer movies, but uh, I don't know. The the, the turnaround is very comfortable for me because I can just sort of lackadaisically edit, you know, not have to, like, if we do, like, a new movie that's in the theater, I'll try to get it out quicker. Like, turn it around in a week or something, but. Well, anyway, today uh, we are looking at Sunshine from 2007, directed by Danny Boyle.
1: We don't usually bring up writers, but I think we should bring up Alex uh, Garland.
0: Yeah, I was just reading an article. Well, go ahead and talk about that. Cause... Well, th-
1: so this is uh, Alex and Danny's third team up. Um, that So the first is The Beach, which I believe is... Alex wrote that book, Alex Garland wrote The Beach and he probably helped to adapt the screenplay. And then he wrote um, 28 Days Later, mm-hmm. which is a great low budget zombie infection movie. Um, but always he it's such a polished look. Danny is really good at like making the best of making a unique thing, a unique look for each of his movies and, and feel that's sort of fresh and new. And
0: yeah, I was noticing that in this movie has a very, very unique visual style that would be copied a lot. It seems like in the 2010s.
1: Yes. This is sort of like, a, yeah, it's a, um, Like a landmark film.
0: Yes, in terms of how it's visually told, like a lot. And
1: even part of the score is reused all the time in trailers and stuff. I love the score. The score is so good. It it has that kind of. I think we've talked about this before in other movies, but it sort of almost never stops. And and it it has great where at the end of a scene, leading into the next scene, it'll start. You know, building up in the previous scene before it goes, and it's just fantastic. Yeah,
0: yeah, that kind of goes along with how the film is put together, I guess, or edited, where you're cutting back and forth between different bits of action and different storylines. Um, I noticed it a lot in Act Three, where you're, you know, you have, you know, three kind of stories that are taking place on different parts of the ship
1: for the most part it does have a really good sense of location like the uh, geography you really, like know where you're at and it, yeah. it's, it's really good at establishing all, all of these locations early on like the the coolant um like i don't know what was that like the motherboards or whatever
0: and the you know the oxygen farm
1: man chris evans really gets the shit fucking kicked out of him in this movie huh chris
0: evans is he's the the character that's the most grounded though he's, he's like all star yeah he's the only he's the one with the most sense about him
1: well i just remember thinking this is the first movie where i was like oh shit chris evans you're fucking awesome because he was in like another teen movie or something and yeah that's right he was, he was in the fantastic four movies which i never even watched It looked horrible. So I just kind of wrote him off as that guy that I don't like. But man, is he good. And I think he really nails it in this movie for sure.
0: I was trying to think of the timeline there of his career. So this was kind of his kind of a dramatic breakthrough for him as an actor, right?
1: Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this, at least for me, this is the first movie where I was like, I took note. Um, well, how about we get into the plot of this son of a bitch?
0: Yes, so we come into a, a mission to restart the sun. We're sixteen months into uh, mission two, second attempt. The sun is dying. It's twenty fifty seven, and the sun has dimmed to the point where Earth is basically frozen and can't support life anymore. So. The human race has collected all of its explosive material that they could mine, put it into a bomb, and they're pushing it to the sun to try to, to try to restart it. Now, <laughs> the science. Um, so the science advisor uh, was a guy called Brian Cox, no relation to the guy from X Men Two.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I know that guy.
0: He's like a he's a cool guy, particle physicist at CERN he was the science advisor on this film and i'm trying to get a sense of a couple of the interviews i've read with him kind of got give me the impression that he he did it to kind of annoy other scientists <laughs> like the the conceit well this is 50 years in the future and the sun is kind of almost dead at this point uh which dying is, star Five billion years too early but his theory was that his theory is that there are particles called cue balls which would have been created in the Big Bang and would be drifting around if they drifted into the heart of a star and if they were more stable than the matter the star is made of they could start eating the star from the inside out but then he goes on to say that's pretty near impossible Um, so there's definitely a, a sense of kind of suspending disbelief for a minute.
1: Uh, well, I would say as a layman towards this science <laughs> bullshit. Uh, <laughs> no, I science all the way. It, I like how it's handled. Like, all right, like I'm in like the sun's dying. They're going to put a bomb into it. Like, hell yeah, let, let's go. Because how everything else is handled in a very like logical based way everything is taken logically for the most part. There is emotions obviously come into play, but um, I just think I, that's part of that's one of the things I like about this movie is how they handle decision-making.
0: Well, it's like, once you do that, once you get over that hurdle, it is a fun ride.
1: Uh, I think there's great concepts and- with the, 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 the spacecraft that they're in is made of thousands of mirrors reflecting back you know so they can get that close
0: right because they're flying into the sun essentially
1: it's super cool the whole intro the first i wrote it down yeah first two minutes is so clever with where the fox searchlight right oh i noticed that yeah they start panning around and then you get to the sun and then everything fades away, but it's actually not the sun. It's the ship coming, you know, cause the ship's this round. If you were to see it straight on, it would just look like a round object. Oh, and really it's sort of like a really skinny mushroom stem. I just, I think that's such a fun, it sets the tone for the movie immediately.
0: They never explain it though. They, they just say, this is what's happening. Here we go. You know, like,
1: well, that what and, needs to be explained. They're, they, they, how's that not explaining it? They are literally explaining the plot of the movie in the first two minutes.
0: Well, that's what I mean. They don't like dwell on it. They just jump right in.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that.
0: And yeah, we we come into a point of the mission where, like, the first story beat essentially is they're about to leave. They can't transmit to Earth anymore.
1: Because of like, science.
0: Because science. <laughs> they're gonna be too far away from Earth. They're about to they're approaching a point where they will no longer be able to communicate to Earth. Like Cillian Murphy plays Kappa, kind of the lead character who's the physicist?
1: Who's, great cast.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, great cast. There's eight crew members.
1: Those All are, are like the top in their field, communications pilots bio
0: the crew has a very
1: physicist
0: yeah it has a very international feel uh, mace is the uh, engineer uh, Benedict Wong is in it as Trey Cliff Curtis plays Cyril the uh, psychologist who's the craziest one
1: I love him I think he's a well I I, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit cuz okay. he he's one of the first characters we see cuz he's in the observation deck
0: yeah that's and kind of the intro to the ship really that's isn't that yeah. kind of just the first thing we see inside yeah, the ship
1: it sets up icarus like the the mother ai system which is really cool how they how that plays off
0: yeah so the ship's like called- how they talk to her yeah, the ship's called Icarus, which obviously you get that reference. All right, okay. well the the ship is like a uh, yeah you said it looks like a giant mushroom. They got the the big bombs like they're pushing it, so there's a big sort of half dome thing made out of cut, mirrors, covered with reflectors to reflect the sun, and then the, a huge bomb the size of Manhattan, and then the ship itself that's pushing it is. A series of kind of pods i guess that extend and it is really cool looking so yeah
1: the uh from my understanding they they had a really low budget for this movie especially when it came to the cg and the cg is fucking it stands up it's incredible
0: well i i didn't even really notice it you know i mean exactly
1: the, the ship but just the sun and i mean a ton of this stuff is relying on these insane sweeping camera moves that are moving like, you know, it might be a two second shot and it's moving like hundreds of feet, miles across the, across space.
0: Yeah. It was, it's not, um, visually it looks great for, you know, for 2007 CG. Yeah. You know, you don't even know it's there. You don't, um,
1: you're not questioning it. It's not
0: distracting. It doesn't like, show itself
1: ever. Right, and like we were talking about, it's shot in a way that people are still it's so cool. They're still stealing from what this movie. A lot of movies look like this.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh I feel like JJ Abrams watched this and was like, "I want to do that." And then he made Star Trek.
1: Like Oh, totally. Yeah, that the, like kinetic energy of the the filmmaking.
0: Yeah, and just sort of the double exposed shots like in act three, when we, we are, they're fighting with Pindecker. they like, anytime he's on the screen, it's like this double exposure and this uh, weird focus thing going on. And yeah, uh, almost like his presence is disrupting the camera or yeah, there's,
1: it's a cool, it's a really cool concept. Um, it's basically so the coolest the way you could have handled her, him.
0: Well, we never get a good look at him. exactly which
1: gives it like a mysterious sort of uh you know you know you don't fully it leaves it up to the the imagination to fill in the gaps so in the third
0: act well all right well like we yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay so talking about so let's
1: basically the first hurdle It,
0: it starts off like the filmmaking gets more as they get closer to the sun The filmmaking gets more kinetic and there's more there's more lens flares there's more like trick photography and there's you know just more energy to the more
1: panic yeah
0: yeah
1: almost this movie is basically one giant panic attack
0: there's like a countdown clock you know that's established pretty early on yeah i mean the filmmaking reflects just sort of the character's state of mind and the state of mind of the story
1: there's a lot of nice um visual symmetry going on with the iris and the pupil mm-hmm. compared to like that visual, how that looks and how the sun looks. There's a lot of very close-ups of the eye, right? And the whole concept that like, we're all stardust. We're all made of the same thing so that the star and us are one. Oh, look at you getting deep. Oh shit. <laughs> the we're student all, has become the mess. <laughs> we're
0: all just dust in the wind, man. So yeah, um, we get we meet the crew. Um I wrote down yellow. That first scene is drenched entirely in yellow, but when we
1: Well, yeah, let's talk about that scene. I I love that concept of that room and how she he's like, like, what am I viewing this at? You're watching it through like two percent brightness, you know, of yeah. full of full capacity brightness. And he's like, Oh, well, turn it up to four. And he's like, she's the computer's like, that would blind you immediately and well what's the closest I can get to I like again just the how they're thinking and th- that's that whole scene is the setup to why Icarus one lost they get like blinded by the light is you know simply wrapped like, up like a it. douche <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Well, you know, it's um. What's his What's the psychologist's name? Searles Searle Searle. Yeah, yeah. He, there's like he, an observation. He's basically, deck. coming out of that um, observation deck, being like, "Guys, you have to check this out." Like, turning the light up really high. It's like a meditative uh, experience.
0: Well, he gets so he, more and more burned as the right,
1: yeah. <laughs> he starts getting like the, horrible sunburn as the
0: film goes goes on. He just starts getting blisters all over his face. And...
1: But this, this is maybe I've seen this movie a lot of times. Uh, this might be my fifth or sixth time watching this movie. Um, do you think that Searle is sort of the prelude to what he has his shit together, but he's also kind of like getting swept away by the energy and uh aura of the sun do you think he would eventually have become what icarus one's captain became
0: yeah i think that's what we're led to believe right like something about the radiation from the sun makes people crazy and that's why the first mission failed
1: it's just, yeah they got like obsessed yeah,
0: yeah and they committed some kind of ritual suicide where they just all went into the observation deck and turned the sun on and burned to death except for Pindecker, who
1: well i like that you don't necessarily he is again we're skipping ahead but he is a he is a character that is mysterious because what like so he's sticking around to make sure like he's like he knows that earth had you know icarus 2 in the in the back pocket and he's sticking around just long enough, surviving to stop, to, to thwart their all attempts and for us all to die. Yeah. It's pretty All while pretty dark. Going into the observation room and getting complete, like, because he's like head to toe burnt.
0: Oh, yeah. His skin's peeling off. And-
1: but God damn it, Brad, we're skipping so far ahead
0: there is like kind of i wanted to mention I don't know it how is, I could, it,
1: it's a right it's a hard left turn when you get to that point that's like the act three reveal right but well, that's that, that's that's like most critics that's their biggest complaint about this movie is that it, it falls into being just turns into a slasher
0: i i read that criticism a lot yeah act three does play well one of the you in act 3 you follow like three different plots and one of them does play like a horror film where Rose Burns character is being stalked
1: Well they all are. I mean Yeah,
0: but that there's the two of them kind of have this cap
1: stuck into scene. the in a in the like escape hatch. Yeah,
0: and Mace is like trying to trying to, trying to their... fix the coolant and um but there is like from the very beginning, there is a sense of fatalism almost to where we, the audience very early in the movie, understand that these characters are not going to survive. And the question just becomes, will they, will their mission succeed?
1: Right. And And, they
0: understand that very early too. So once you are, I guess relieved of that emotional burden of like caring for the character's safety. I think watching it is a different experience, you know, because it becomes sort of like Mace's character. You have to strip the emotion away and just what is the most logical thing to do, you know? What Cause it's
1: you, not about them. It's about the human race. It's like, there's something so much bigger than them.
0: If they don't succeed, the human race will die there is no more material left on earth to make another bomb. So this is it. This, they are,
1: the it's, last co- it's hope. corny
0: to say, but they're humanity's last hope.
1: Yeah. I, I just think that it sticks. I mean, this movie sticks to landing. I say that all the time, but like it, this isn't an easy thing to pull off. Like, okay, you're hanging in this movie, this, you know, maybe you, you you can argue about the slasher part of the movie not being that good but how it's how the actual filmmaking of the movie and and how the actual final cut of this movie it, it's it's so good the, the the music the visuals everything acting direction it all comes together in a nice tight package
0: there's elements of horror to a lot of science fiction because space is fucking scary you know right like anything can happen it's there's so many variables so many unknowns like when they're trying to run the simulation and the computer just shuts down and says we don't know what's going to happen
1: yeah <laughs> like there's
0: too many variables it's, we can't predict at this point forward i wrote down 18 minutes in oh okay chill pacing all right this is these are my notes for act 1 yeah. we're going chronologically
1: we're trying to go chronologically
0: we're seeing yellow. We meet the crew, everything becomes very blue. So whenever we're in the observation deck, everything's very yellow. Whenever we're in the ship that's behind the, the, the stem of the mushroom, everything looks very blue. There's a lot the colors, lots of yellow, blue, and green. Those are the three primary colors used throughout the film, and pretty much nothing else. 18 minutes in, distressed call from Icarus 1. So that's kind of the first plot point of the film they get close to mercury and suddenly they start picking up a distress call from the first ship
1: right so basically they they hear this signal they find they figure out that it's icarus one and then they debate over what's the best idea and they decide like basically well more two bombs are better than one
0: that's the ultimate decision
1: um because like you said in this simulation. That Kappa's running. You don't know if the bomb's going to.
0: That's true. Kappa's not really sure it's going to work. He's the guy who. Um, Cillian Murphy's character Kappa is like the person who built the bomb. And now he's going to deploy it. because he knows the most about it. And he's not sure. Even he's not sure it's going to work. Everything's theoretical. Yeah. Uh, Mace, Chris Evans's character, Mace argues against it. They should go forward and not not vary the plan.
1: Of course, Which he ends up being right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on this, when they, but Kappa has to make
0: the decision. They put yes. this. They put the decision on Kappa because he's the main scientist. Right. And he says, "Well, we should go grab the other bomb." So
1: they they change course. But to change course is a very important plot point here
0: yeah that's where everything starts going wrong
1: but in order to change the course the um navigator guy who's great uh, i just he's in like he's been in a, a lot of stuff but he benedict wong yeah benedict wong he, he's in uh avengers yes dr strange
0: i was gonna note a lot of actors that ended up being in superhero movies after well, yeah, this. They're, they're
1: all great actors uh, michelle Yeoh.
0: Michelle Yeoh's in it. Um, Rose Rose Byrne doing the best American accent she can muster.
1: She's doing good.
0: Yeah, there's a couple. Um, there's a couple moments where her Australian-ness. I shout
1: out Michelle Yeoh for like Super Cop Two. <laughs> Jackie Chan. She drives a fucking. I'm pretty sure it's her, unless she has yeah, a stunt no, double. No, it's her. No, it's her. Where she drives oh, a motorcycle.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Maybe she has a stunt.
1: Because I knew that was a, that was her. She was like the female Jackie Chan, right?
0: Yeah, she did a lot of her own stunts in that movie. I think I don't know about that one, but yeah, yeah. That's a, she, that's a, she's that's kick ass. Favorite. Yeah, she yeah. did a lot of like she was
1: like an action star. Oh yeah, and just her performance in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is phenomenal as well. Um. Anyways, so he has to basically manually put in the the locations, and then he forgets to reset the. The reflecting mirrors which then causes a chain reaction so once they get at a certain angle the whole the ship starts freaking out and uh, they have to then manually get in spacesuits and go out and fix each of the broken uh, shields that won't go like go back down which that's the first big like that part is terrifying
0: yeah there's a lot of very there's a lot of terrifying moments in this they have to go around to the other side of the the bomb basically and because there's a nice
1: sense too that throughout the entire movie like you get the feeling even though they might not be straight up showing it i do i like how like stoic uh canada is like well you know we're not burned up yet everything's okay like like keep your you know keep your head on your shoulders let's now what now do we now what do we do you know what i mean he dies in this (laughs) well he but he he fixes heroic yeah yeah he he fixes the last yeah fixes
0: the last reflector just as uh kappa gets around the corner
1: that there god there's that there's a shot that is pushing in on canada and all of the the sun is hitting all the reflectors so it's like the lighting up and it's oh yeah getting closer and closer and closer to canada yeah
0: that's a great it's, shot they
1: just have this this cool kind of like camera jiggle they do a lot but the uh, that's what jj abrams yeah oh yeah and the and
0: about. the lens flares yeah it, it makes sense to have lens flares in this film by the way because you're flying into the sun
1: yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> in, um, uh,
0: in star trek 2009 probably just, went a little uh, overboard uh, with that
1: and how how well does the music reflect the? Um, I wrote down the tension.
0: Yeah, I wrote down spacewalk repair scene. Great tense music, lots of close-ups inside the ship. Very claustrophobic,
1: and inside their helmets. And yeah. I love the spacesuits. Yeah, they're Space. they're like clunky and like that. I wrote down that the tech is all very for being future tech. It's very grounded in re like, in what seems to be would actually be in 2051 the what it would actually look like it's not like they have holograms you know it's not like iron man shit
0: yeah they did homework you know they they had this science advisor they consulted with nasa
1: yeah i wrote down grounded well designed future tech
0: it's near future it doesn't feel like i don't know like Star Trek is far future, you know, it's like, Oh, can
1: we, sh- can we jump back real quick? Sure. Um, I love that Mercury scene. We kind of talked about it earlier. I don't know if it'll end up.
0: Yeah. That's in retro. act one. I mean, all of act one, very peaceful, very lethargic. I wrote down a uh, chill pace. That yeah. Even funny.
1: the music is like, light.
0: Like, yeah. So act one's very kind of relaxing and peaceful,
1: but there uh, Mercury uh, is, is about to pass in front of them and i don't know if it's canada or somebody calls them like everybody to the observation viewing deck or whatever and it just it's just this beautifully shot moment mm. with that little black ball passing in front of them yeah and they're great. all like you know they're all space nerds so they think it's the coolest thing ever and, it looks
0: uh, cool though you're watching it on in a movie oh it looks like, oh, that's, that's awesome really cool. yeah
1: like, looking like it's, at so stu- it's so simple, but it's so fucking cool. Again, it's that shaky cam, and it's, like, the the, the shot composition, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Love that scene. Yeah. All right, so Canada gets completely...
0: <laughs> well, yeah, act two, things start to go really wrong. Well, I,
1: so, I love, too, the moment where Cyril is, like, he's trying to have this, like, he knows Kaneda's going to die, and he's saying, what do you see? What do you see? He's so... Mm-hmm immersed into the like this like almost new religion of the sun like he he wants to know yeah what canada's last moments are like
0: yeah there's lots of hints about that about uh, searle being the new pindecker basically he's taken by this energy
1: but he and ultimately ends up being a great guy like yeah he he sacrifices himself and he knows
0: did you notice that all the deaths are foreshadowed?
1: No, or yeah. and tell me.
0: Well, the most obvious ones are Mace, where like there's that scene where he drops his, uh... early on oh, the film where yeah. he, dr- he drops his wrench into the water and he's got to get it.
1: He's doing some mechanics, yeah. And,
0: and then he gets frostbite when they have to, when they have to like jump to the other ship. He has like. His hand is burned. Oh, that scene,
1: holy shit.
0: That scene is terrifying too.
1: Yeah. This whole like, movie is absolutely terrifying because they, again, they play it in a grounded sense where you can feel like there's logic and decision-making that's sound, but you can also, and then there's like a professionalism to it, but there's also the humanity of like, I am fucking terrified. Like they all, they have the same dream about falling. They're like falling in the middle of the sun
0: yeah so act two is all about like they they rendezvous with the other ship they go on board they try to figure out what happened four of them go on
1: board well the the they have to change not only does a couple things happen beyond canada dying the captain dies now to make the safe um to make it as safe as possible for them to get on the front of the ship to fix those reflectors, they have to angle the ship in a certain way that they're going to lose certain antennas. And the one guy's like, that's right. He's like, well, it doesn't matter. We can't even like send anything home anyway. So it's not important, but that leads to a chain reaction that then kills their oxygen, which is super obviously important. It's kills their oxygen bank. Yeah and then that's the whole thing is that they now they really have to go to Icarus 1 cuz they're now they're really fucked <laughs> it just shows you how like impossible space is
0: so there's like a chain reaction and then there's an there's an explosion that separates the two ships and the people on the first ship have to basically jump through space to the other ship
1: yeah, they decide that they're going to blow the blast doors, which will then shoot them straight out, which will give them that projection angle. So they line the ships up. So basically they get on the Icarus Icarus two or one rather, and they find that the, um, there's dust everywhere. They find like you talked about earlier, the, the, um, the self-sacrifice ritual or whatever, <laughs> like the Jonestown massacre kind of thing, but with light. But they also find that their the 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 plants their oxygen garden has been like growing. Yeah this entire time. So
0: plants have been growing unchecked. So really
1: what they would have to do is they would have to like before the ship gets for some reason and at, at this point in the movie, you don't you don't know why the ships became undocked, but somebody, something happened and undocked the ships. And now yeah. the two the docking mechanisms completely fucked, so that's yeah. why they have to blast each other. And this is where we have to say goodbye to Cyril, who's I I, I do like his character a lot.
0: Yeah, and the second command too, Harvey. He's his death he, is he's terrifying. Kind
1: of, he's yes, kind of a
0: douche.
1: He's kind of a douche. He, 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 I don't know how he is second command, and I don't know kind of how he's on that ship. I guess you kind of need a character like that because you don't know what you're going to be like under pressure. Maybe on Earth he was like all his credentials and shit. And he seemed like a good captain, but once he's actually in the shit, he is like
0: oh yeah, he's he freaking, is not, out. yeah, he's freaking he, he is out. not taking the pressure well.
1: And I don't blame him.
0: So you had the the captain, Kenita, who's very stoic and very logical, and was did very well under pressure. And then he dies, and you go to the second command, Harvey, who's I don't know. I don't think he has a redeeming scene in the movie. He, every scene he's in makes him look like
1: worse. Yeah,
0: terrible character. So there's the scene where the four of them are realizing they have to jump through space to the other ship and they're suiting up Kappa.
1: Because he's the number one priority because he's the only one who fully understands the bomb, and which Mace is the most important thing.
0: Well, and Mace, who hates him, is saying this. He's saying the rest of us are expendable. We got to get Kappa over to the other
1: ship. Yeah, because Mace is Captain America, Steve Rogers. He's the man. Yeah,
0: but Harvey jumps in and says, what about me? I'm not expendable. And he just starts flipping out. I order you to take that suit off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but but, but Mace is the one who comes up with the idea of ripping off all the um, insulation of the ship. And then they also realize, oh, shit, there's no power left. And the, one so, of them's
0: got to stay there, and
1: one of them it. has to stay there. So Surl's uh, knows that he's the least, the most expendable. Yeah, he he opens the blast door for them, wishes them luck, and he sits down and waits in the observation deck yeah. for for the.
0: the ship to pass for the ship to pass
1: over yeah because it's blocking the the thing so and as soon as
0: that and as soon as it is out of the shadow of that ship he's going to be hit with full sunlight and just burned to a crisp yeah
1: and i I, he has a good death death?
0: and his death is foreshadowed as well by the fact that he keeps getting more and more burned very nice i mean see, he drew inspiration from the obvious sources uh 2001 alien
1: well they even tease about alien what is what do you worry about some alien picking us off one by one yeah so, so, so he also dies in that scene because he when they get blasted they, off and they immediately hit something
0: yeah so he gets he goes off in a wild direction and just dies and they, they show him take his last breath he exhales it turns instantly to ice crystals and then his whole face just like absolute yeah, just, zero
1: I fucking love that super wide shot of his body going right past the heat shields and then yeah. instantly just like shoots into a spark and is just gone forever
0: Well first his arm hits something and it shatters oh yeah Ugh. and there's like all these red crystals and then yeah that wide shot where his, there's just a little flash of light and he's oh man it's
1: I, so cool I mean that um
0: there's a close-up of his eyes there too his frozen oh, eyeballs
1: yeah. yes like an ultra crazy hyper close-up
0: so chris evans character mace does survive the jump but he gets a bad like he gets frostbite on his hand basically foreshadowing his death
1: yeah he that's a great i love that scene where they kappa just grabs onto him and does like a like just like one last Grab. I mean, that suit must be really hard to move around in.
0: Yeah, but they, well, they do a, show that later. They have a tumble like in. Oh yeah, when he's trying to get up in that one scene. Yeah, yeah, they kind of tumble around for a bit, and yeah, Kappa takes Mace and just whips him in.
1: Yeah, he looks for Harvey, right? But he. Yeah,
0: and Harvey, Harvey's. Gone.
1: He's like, yeah, well, he's fucked. He's out, and he's a douchebag. <laughs> See you, homie.
0: <laughs> so we got um, two deaths there.
1: And the whole thing that is kind of Michelle Yeoh brings up earlier before they dock that, like, hey, like, even if you guys all make it back or whatever, like, we don't have enough oxygen for well, however many people. They need four people.
0: She's the biologist. Yeah. They figure they only have so many, so much oxygen and so two now, of them, two of them have to die.
1: basically. Right. And now we're getting really close to the reveal of the the big twist of the movie
0: that's kind of the third act that introduces the third act so when they get back back
1: on the ship the um wong is completely um sedated
0: so benedict wong blames himself for everything and he he gets put on suicide risk and they they just keep him sedated the, the entire time
1: Yeah, where they say sleep for twenty three hours and can barely move or do anything.
0: He does manage to kill himself, though.
1: Well, that is a that is a little bit of foreshadowing in that scene because they just they take a vote on what they 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 have to kill him. He needs to be Wong needs to be gone for them to have enough oxygen, right? And Chris Evans like I will do it. And Captain America is gonna go down there, and he's gonna slit some wrists. Um, <laughs> when he gets there, he he. There's a scene though before he he decides he's gonna he gets one of the scalpels, the future scalpels. Right. And when he opens the drawer, there's two missing. Right. One. Trey.
0: His character's name is Trey. Yeah,
1: Trey. Trey has taken one, and he's already off himself in the holodeck. And and the other one,
0: yeah, presumably Pindecker had. Yeah. But I was that again, that whole every time you see him, it's hard to kind of take in what's happening. You you get a sense of disorientation. Yeah, so act act three is kind of three concurrent plots. You have the reveal that Pindecker is still alive, who was the captain on Icarus One.
1: Which is a really good. Re- I love that reveal where um, Kappa is like, like what mother or he, I want to say mother because that's my aliens, yeah. but uh, um, Icarus is like, hey, you're you're dying. He's like, yeah, I know we're all dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, you're not gonna make it to your destination, for the payload drop off. There's still five people here or whatever. Right. And you're like, then it's like, whoa, wait, what the fuck is going on, and. Well, where you, where is this fifth person oh they're in the observation room and he's like doing push-ups
0: yeah he, it's a his very, first stop is to stop in the observation deck where he
1: yeah he gets some, he gets a little sun sun tanning yeah. in
0: what, I what like the that AI scene. have told them though earlier I know it's a g- cool dramatic reveal but
1: wouldn't the I, AI
0: be like hey there's another human in here that's not one of you.
1: Yeah, like they could have got like the history of if they know where everybody is with one of those um cuz they have like a necklace like a uh they have like this like a keychain thing on around their neck with this little voice box to talk to the ship. Right? And That's kind of set up right away, are. yeah.
0: But at one point the AI says there's a there's a crew member here or something so she can she can sense them or the ship can sense where they are yeah right or could,
1: yeah the ship knows where it is through whatever sensors or cameras or whatever
0: but so she, wouldn't she have seen Pindecker come in cuz presumably Pindecker came and then he blew the hatch right he he entered right. in...
1: cuz they like I mean, like the AI logically
0: didn't say anything though
1: chris evan right yes maybe and she I, just
0: thought it was one of them i don't know I don't, i'm sure there's some sciencey explanation but
1: i i guess that doesn't really bother me too much because i think that reveal is so cool
0: it is a cool reveal i i'll give you that it's dramatically the way it plays out is is spot on but it creates because you're sort already of logical loop that,
1: it, there's a scene that makes you question like wait what the fuck's going on it's like we were like the two of us they're like basically coming to the conclusion that it had to have been Trey. Like logically, it makes no other sense. Yeah. There's no one is left alive besides the four of us. And Trey or the, there's five of us that are left alive. And Trey, we were on the other ship. You guys were in the captain or like the the cockpit. And Trey is sedated. Like. But it must have been Trey somehow, because no one's watching him. So there's no
0: well, yeah. At again, that point, yeah, you would have think that like,
1: that, you you should have, like, okay, let's run back through the security cameras or something.
0: Yeah. So, it, it is a cool, dramatic
1: Oh, there's reveal. a naked oh, Freddy Krueger guy running around.
0: Naked Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a reveal. Um, again, the logic and science of that we're not quite sure about, but uh, Pindecker, the captain it works for me. Icarus, is still alive, and it's I think at the very end, it's revealed his motivation is that he's basically Church of the Sun now. Like they, the whole crew had this religious experience, and they decided they were going to commit ritual suicide. And then he, when he survives, he took it as a sign.
1: Now, did you? Oh, you think that?
0: Well, he says See, he I talked oh, okay. to God for seven years, and he well, told I, he told me to kill all of mankind.
1: I got the, um, I don't know, like that that is left open for interpretation. They are all sitting there looking like all the bodies yeah. of the other crew are in the observation deck. But did he trick them and like brought them in there and then like just turned it up really high and they were like just instantly killed in that position that they were hanging out in? Or were they like? maybe or did he convince all of them of his crazy religion at, you know what i mean
0: the bodies seem to be set up in kind of a ritualistic manner
1: they are peaceful they are just sitting on the bench together yeah they're not the one has like its head down on the guy's the other one's shoulder
0: yeah they seem kind of like they were kind of chill when they died yeah. at least from the position of the bodies but i don't know i i kind of got the impression that I don't know how he would have survived he was I mean he's horribly burned so he survived seven years up there somehow
1: like is he just horribly burned well you you do see him in a video clip where he still has hair but you can tell he's he's pretty burned up
0: well obviously just being there for seven years like I don't know I mean his ship has not been working for seven years, but he's been still living there and somehow protected.
1: Well, the power is off, but the oxygen works. They just don't have yeah. like. So he's just been eating like carrots and doing push ups. That's why he's so ripped.
0: So, well, anyway. I do. Sets I, up I, a dramatic. There's. Yeah.
1: And they three. do. Like we've kind of been bringing up, though, they, they do this really cool effect with him for the villain, the villain effect.
0: Yeah. Every time he's on camera, the, like he's emitting some kind of radiation. And it's interfering with the camera. Like that I think is the effect we're supposed to get. Right. That's yeah. He, I th- he's so irradiated that he's messing with the equipment. Is that what you got? Or is that just a style of like, we're going to shoot the villain this way. I do.
1: I, I think that you are correct in like, coming at it from a like a logic sense where like you know to explain that to, but it is I think it is a stylish thing you know what I mean yeah but I'm sure if you if Danny Boyle were to break it down it'd probably be something around that you know
0: but yeah you it's this really interesting stylistic choice to never get a good look at the villain like we see that he's horribly burned every time he's on camera it's like this weird double lens effect or
1: I, yeah, I, I, mirror I, I, I effect. I really not how they did it. It's cool. It's awesome though. And it's like with, pointing the, the it,
0: camera through a prism or something like, I don't know, It had that effect of like,
1: you're looking at it
0: through glass or something. Yeah.
1: And there's heightened sound effects throughout the whole movie. Like they might have the sound effect for like, uh, uh, um, somebody's like a blink.
0: Yeah. I love the sound design. in
1: this. The sound design is fantastic, but the sound design there's also corresponding sound design for the villain along with the visuals.
0: Oh, when it's yeah, you the shaky camera effect. Yeah, you hear like a like a high pitched humming, I guess, or
1: yeah, I can't I yeah.
0: Like a like an electromagnetic field, maybe. Yeah. Or that's I don't know, that's kind of the impression I got that they were trying to sell like this idea.
1: Yeah, I I I think it's cool. I I like it a lot.
0: So we get the three, so that, you know, we get him in the plot where, so he kills Michelle Yeo. When Michelle Yeo goes into the, uh, goes in and finds one plant still alive, and she's like kind of cradling it. But then Pindecker comes in and kills her.
1: Uh, And and then,
0: yeah, oh yeah, the scapel reappears there, so, and then there's the scene which some people thought was too similar to a horror film where uh pendecker chases rose burns character it was
1: and then she goes it's it that hard to see
0: what was happening in that yeah scene. that
1: that whole scene is maybe the that scene and the when the bomb departs f- from the rest of the ship is very the, ge- the geography is lost on me i i have like a hard time like wait where are they what's going on it's
0: Yeah, there's a lot of kind of strobe effects where Pindecker kind of sabotages the ships. He shuts the coolant down, you know, basically where Mace has to go in and fix the ship. Yeah. By, like, going underwater and essentially freezing to death. There's a lot of cool deaths in this. Like, there's a good variety of deaths.
1: Really Really good um, cold acting by Chris Evans.
0: I guess it was real, though. I guess, like, his uh, when they were shooting it, like... They kept the temperature like freezing.
1: That makes sense. Like, as make it as real as possible. Uh, like, you can see his
0: breath there. And
1: he basically has to go underneath where these.
0: But he's got to. He's got to go into this freezing liquid and reset the whatever.
1: He also motivates um,
0: Kappa. Yeah,
1: Kappa to. He's like, whatever you have to get out of there. Whatever you have to do, get the bomb.
0: Yeah. off oh.
1: so, so basically
0: all the characters sacrificing themselves just to get the payload in like they're singularly focused yeah the climax of the film involves
1: so kappa just makes it onto the ship
0: yeah he separates like when they get close enough to the sun to release the payload
1: yeah well that, that was the thing i was like he's at the open door as those giant rockets blast yeah I know he's in that, that special space suit and all, but yeah, it does get a little bit further and further away, but again, they do bring up at the beginning of the movie with that simulation that the closer you get to the sun, the like, more weird it is going to be, which is a fun sci No, sci-fi I, li- I sh- like that. That's I a mean, fun sh- sci-fi thing, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's there's definitely moments where I'm suspending disbelief way more than that. I, that's a fun conceit to make. like The idea yeah. that the sun's radiation would just cook, cook your brain. Basically you get, you get too close to the sun. You start to go mad.
1: Well, they're saying that it's like more like that magnetic field, like where time and space are like wrapping in on each other and stuff. That's
0: yeah. And I think the filmmaking is like supported.
1: By yeah. That. It's really cool. The um, freeze frames they are doing and the, the sound design. I mean, this is a, this would have been one hell of a movie trying to edit this fu- fucking thing jesus christ when those
0: when they were freeze frames i was it, for a second i thought something went wrong with my stream like my internet went out or something <laughs> yeah so yeah the climax of the film takes place on the bomb basically yeah they're they were- basically
1: literally on the bomb this is where it gets really movie i could see where this could be like losing people by now
0: movie logic e
1: yeah
0: there yeah there's a fight scene with Pindex. it looks
1: awesome though I think it looks so cool there's this great shot of the uh the bombs like completely released and it's just like this cube this massive cube it's just spiraling end over end rapidly into the sun and it looks so cool
0: yeah I think the whole film looks great
1: they just came up with so many clever cool sh- compositions for like Things falling in space.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of that happening.
1: And uh
0: filling the frame with like. There's uh, a
1: wild shot that's sort of like it starts upside down and then it's spinning and it's almost like the lens like changes halfway through or something. And it's. It oh, yeah. comes this vertical shot of Kappa as he. He gets musters up enough strength to get run into the actual control room of the bomb to set it off, which.
0: Yeah, like. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, at this point in the movie the filmmaking has gotten so wild like the the shots and the the crazy dutch lens tricks and that you're just you you do get disoriented you know and you i i can see people like leaving totally confused by what just happened in the third act because i mean which makes sense for the movie i mean i i you know it's sort of the reflection of what they're mental state is visually which you know i think works like they're disoriented so well
1: if anything's going to fuck up a mission like this it's going to be religion <laughs>
0: yeah there is like a definitely a jason voorhees quality to Pindecker at this yeah. point because he survives a bunch of stuff and he's like yeah <laughs> so i can see where people thought it was turned into a horror film in the third act
1: well, I mean, just imagine like we're, you know, just everybody going a little bit crazy after a year of quarantine. Imagine seven years hurtling directly towards the sun with like that responsibility on your shoulders.
0: So then I guess the last thing we see is the Sydney, Sydney opera house and yeah. the, the sun lights back up and
1: it's they, a nice they hopeful did a little moment. Yeah. I, it, there's, it does just set the tone for like, the modern era space film like what it can look like and how the camera moves in space and the logics that that's used and the compositions and the cool wide shots of things floating through space it just nails all that stuff so well that it's probably going to be copied for the next oh
0: know, yeah i f- i feel like years i feel like jj uh, abrams totally plagiarized it yeah good sunshine 2007 danny boyle check it out all right, now it's time for a segment that we call
1: What Are You Watching? So, <laughs> I just today watched uh Project Power, which is a Netflix um original movie that came out in 2020 with Jamie starring Jamie fox and uh Joseph Gordon Love it. And basically, there's these pills you can take that give you superpowers for five minutes. And I found it pretty good. Like, I had just tried to watch the Snyder Cut.
0: Oh, because everybody's like,
1: I got like 15 minutes in. It's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. It's so stupid. I couldn't even watch it. Four hours
0: long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was 15 minutes into it. Wonder Woman was blocking a bunch of bullets. It was so bad. The action had, it was just so meaningless anyways uh, uh, comparatively to that like I was I was in on this movie pretty much right away it's it's not perfect in any way it's but it's very watchable and uh,
0: so it's a movie yeah Netflix original a Netflix movie, movie? yeah uh,
1: yeah Check Joseph gordon love it's good uh, Jamie Fox is is great uh, there's a girl in it who is she's also in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Which just came out, which was great as well. Um I forget her name. But she's in it. She's the like young girl that kind of gets caught up in all this stuff. But yeah. If you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, cool. it's a lot fucking better than four hours of trash Snyder cut. Snyder.
0: I watched also something on Netflix, uh a documentary, The Last
1: Blockbuster. Oh, I saw that. What yeah, what it? How
0: I liked it it had a lot of heart um i guess there's one left and that's they're all gone except for the one in bend oregon and you huh. like you follow the kind of the family it's kind of a family run business thing and they it's kind of like a tourist destination now like it, when it made news as being the last one open um it's stephen colbert sent him a bunch of like movie memorabilia so they have yeah. like they have a bunch of props and costumes in like glass and uh people go there and get selfies and there's some really corny jokes like the you know how the editors will throw in jokes dad jokes like as edit jokes like somebody's corny dad is editing this thing i don't know um and there's a couple of really awful music cues that i just like rolled my eyes so hard at yeah but it, it's overall it's good there's cool people being interviewed paul Shear is interviewed and um kevin I smith like
1: and,
0: yeah i remember when there was one in edinburgh remember like up by walmart yeah
1: there. oh is up by walmart oh yeah oh there's lucas worked at it
0: yeah that's like a rite of passage right to work at a video store well not anymore i don't know what the kids are going to do now just work at walmart i guess no well all right um catch us on uh, instagram my name's brad patello at brad patello gus mr trouth
1: Yep, no periods just m-r-t-r-u-t-h
0: m-r trout well we'll see you next week
1: thanks yeah uh, another high energy episode see you guys